joined this league just two, three years ago, and I couldn't tell you how many text messages I got warning people, warning me about trading with you. <laughs> and do you do you ever see what Cam Newton wears to a press conference? <laughs> do you think that guy's gonna actually take a backup role with anybody? So you guys are doubting me and Bill Belichick. Okay. Hey, hey that's all. You guys just do what you got to do. All right. Hey, welcome to another edition of Fantasy Impact Today, uh, your show for baseball, football, all kinds of fantasy sports, I guess even fantasy world right now because we're all not living in the same world that we lived in. It seems like a, a little bit less of a reality right now. Fellas, would you agree that we're kind of Every once in a while I wake up or I, I go about my day and I'm like, wait a minute, is this really happening or am I like in a fantasy? <laughs> I wake up and I, I go to reach for my phone and, and look at, you know, my routine used to be to look at my fantasy team in the morning <laughs> and see who I need to pick up or see what transactions happened overnight. It's like now I go to my phone and I... I don't know what to do with it now. Yeah, what, what? at this point, I've already started trying to cut guys off my team who I've gotten impatient <laughs> with, and I still have everybody that I drafted, so that feels a little weird at this point, but uh, that's about it. When you checked your phone, were you? did you ever just think to yourself, let's see what stupid thing Wes did last night while I was sleeping? Oh, yeah. That- I've actually gone to the transaction history a number of times now just to see what you've been doing. I knew you had done something, um, but yeah. I was. I always check to see if you've sent any trades or if you've picked up someone under under the radar. Or what? I'll be honest. I have not really looked at my team or the league since the draft. Just because. Well, I, I, I mean, there's no, there's nothing going on for me to. I mean, there's not any scouting I can do. Like, oh, what's this guy been doing since the season started? So. I mean, last year, like last year in, in football or anything, I just I think that you guys like give me a bad reputation, and I'm trying to understand if I earn this reputation or if it's <laughs> something that you guys just imagine. Right? No, you earned it for sure. Well, apparently yeah. you did because you know I joined this league just two three years ago. And I couldn't tell you how many text messages I got warning people, warning me about trading with you. And I had known you personally for quite a few years at that point, so I thought you were a pretty stand-up guy. But according to this league, apparently not. He always has a hidden motive for he his does. trades. I probably sent you one of those texts about trading with me. So, <laughs> in all have. fairness, and and yes, you do know me. You've known me for a long time now. But even even on our trips overseas, you you must admit that I've always been up to something at some point um, with with a story or two to tell. Oh, absolutely. And I had a hard time ever telling when you were being serious or not. So same with trades. Well, look, you can you can follow us on Twitter to see if we're being serious or not and uh, see if Fantasy Impact Today actually exists. You can you can follow us there uh, at F.I. Today with a little underscore at the bottom of it. Or you can get in touch with us email, and, and if you've got a history with me and you need to air some things out, I'm sure Tim and Tyler will be happy to take those things and, and kind of walk you through the process of how you have to let it go. Uh, at Fant- You can reach us at fantasyimpacttoday at yahoo.com. All those things will be located in the show notes. Now, what we did was we did a draft a couple of shows ago and everything. We've been walking through the teams and kind of grading the draft because Yahoo's been slow about that this year. If they even do it, things are just wild and crazy for everybody. And and now what we're going to do is we're going to finish up the rest of them in these next two shows. 
And Tim, you are actually first one on the board. I kind of put you off a little bit. I knew you were gonna, weren't going to be here last show, so I, I like to have the the owner of the team be on the show at the same time, so they can justify some of their actions. Uh, so I can get ro- I can get roasted. Yeah, well, so. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But uh, <laughs> what we want to do here is we want to pick up maybe a pitcher off of Tim's team or a player off of Tim's team, Tyler, Mark. What we want to do is pick one of those players off of there, and and also who are we going to force Tim to keep? The entire year because we don't think that they're going to perform very well, maybe. So however you look at it, that's the way I was looking at things. But when you look at his team, Tyler, who did you see that you would like to have or somebody that you thought Tim should keep for the whole year and he can't drop or trade? So one of the people that I thought he couldn't drop or trade, he had to keep. And I know this because he's a Dodgers fan. He picked up Kenley Jansen and... Well, you've talked about how important you think pitching will be, and I think it'll be important too. But I think, you know, he did have some struggles last year, and with a shortened season, I could see that any struggles could be translated into a loss of job, whether it be moving out of the closer role or anything. I don't have confidence that he'll be able to keep it the whole season. So that's the guy that I thought could be problematic for him down the stretch. But you know, Tim's got to have Kenley oh, Jansen on his team. I knew that he was going to pick him. There was no way he was going to oh, not pick well, him. Well, when he when when he came to, I can't remember what pick I got him, but when he was available at that spot, I was like, oh, well, I can't, I can't not take him. So now the Dodgers I needed, have a, got, I needed a relief pitcher too. So so the Dodgers have got uh, Blake Trinan to kind of be the setup man in that role now, don't they? And we could see Jansen possibly losing that job to Trinan. It's possible, and that's. That's one of the things that really worried me about him. When I saw him on my draft board, I actually slid him down a little bit just because any reliever who's held a job for so long. I mean, I was actually watching the last 2014, 2015, 2016 All-Star games that they were rebroadcasting. And all the relief pitchers they had on there, you don't see them in their respective roles hardly anymore. Just a couple of them. So well, It's, it's it hard quick. for relievers to have a long-lasting career. Exactly. All right, so when I uh, was looking through your team, Tim, and and by all means, I want you to give your thoughts on your own team of somebody who you're thinking about dropping or whatever. One of the people I saw was uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. I know you got him, and he was going early, early in the draft. It's a he's got a small sample size, so it's really hard to tell. But I think he is going to possibly have some regression to everything he did last year, when I look at his contact rate, it was only at 67%, but he had a 410 BABIP and a 34% home run to fly ball rate. Those numbers just don't usually jive together. Uh, he's he's going to be a shortstop that swings for the fences, it almost appears, and he might be able to keep that up. I, I don't know, but man, his projected numbers look fantastic this year. So is that somebody you think, I, I, which, which one I, is this? Well, when when I saw Fernando Tatis Jr., I just thought, ooh, eeh, I don't know what to think about him, you know? And I see what Yahoo projects him at, and it makes me a little bit I don't know if I want you to keep him. I don't know if I want you to trade him to me. I don't know. I just think there's regression coming to to FTJ. I, I, when people have three names in their in their name, <laughs> I, I like to give them abbreviations. So is, it, so is, is there anybody on my team that you guys are like, man? Solid. That's solid right there. Oh, you know who you know who it is for me already. I I didn't. You haven't received the poster in the mail, so it's because I just 
Max Kepler is the guy I want. I pegged him last year as having a breakout season, and maybe he didn't break out completely like I thought, but I still think all of those uh, analytics for him just line up for him to have a really good year. You know, his BABIP was at a 244 last year with a contact rate of 81%, and, and his home run to fly ball rate was under 20, and he still mashed a ton of home runs. He has room to improve. Tim, I, I don't know what I'm going to end up trading you for Max Kepler again <laughs> this year, but uh, he's somebody who I would want to have on my team. And and somebody I think you got to stick with the entire year, if I was picking it and I wanted to punish you, was, would be Tim Anderson. The deeper I get into the White Sox and their lineup, the more it scares me. Uh, we'll get into Juan Makata a little bit later in another team. But him and Tim Anderson both kind of are really similar where – like uh, Anderson's got a 78% contact rate, almost a 400 BABIP. That's just not sustainable. It, that tells me he's going to have a dip this season. And last year was a career year for him. I'm just, I can't see him doing that again. The guy that I, on your team, would actually really like to have would be Chris Paddock. And he's another one of those guys who's got a small sample size. So, you know, it could end up backfiring as high as he went, but... The only chance I had to take him was like a five or six position reach from, and it was an early round reach. And so I just wasn't comfortable making that reach, but I really think becoming the young ace of that lineup, he could really turn into something. I needed some young, some, somebody young. Cause I, my first pitcher off the board was Clayton Kershaw. So I had to, I had to get a, a young pitcher in there. So he was my guy. And a young guy could really be beneficial this year, especially if they try to push him in games like y'all are talking about going late into the later innings, having someone young like that who could bounce back for his next start could be actually pretty important. Yeah. What What did you think of your overall team, Tim? What would you give your grade? Uh, I, My grade? Um, I guess like a, a B minus. No, you're, you're, you're being kind. <laughs> he got four Dodgers. I think he thinks he got an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like it. Your team, your team's good. I, I like your team. You're going to be I, solid I, all the way. Around. I had a different strategy this year. I picked more. I have a a lot more relief pitchers on my team than I did last year. And steals. Uh, and steals. I I went for I went for guys that had combos of steals and and home runs. So I think I should be okay there. Yeah, I think you'll be good. All right, so the next team on the board, we only have I don't know what we got like four or five teams left. We got to do uh, lost puppies. Lost Puppies, Marquise's team. As we look at this one here, I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'm going to tell you my. Let me let me just give you my take right out of the way first. I would trade his offensive side of the ball with my offensive side of the ball in a heartbeat. Okay. <laughs> I, I love his offense. I, I when I look at it, I love his offense. I think he'll probably end up dropping. Uh, he's got Ryan McMahon. He's got Chu on his team, and he, and he has Hernandez, Cesar Hernandez on his team. I think he's going to end up dropping those three guys pretty early on so that he can stream pitchers because his pitching staff, ee, that, that pitching staff's a little scary. A little um, his, he's, his relievers are only Hader and Workman. I do like Workman this year as a sleeper for Boston, but that, that those are his only two relievers. But his, his starting pitchers, Charlie Morton, I like him. He was on my list. Mike Soroka, of course, you got to keep him. Then he got Maeda, a lot of wins there. David Price, he, Luke Weaver, Dallas Keuchel, and John Gray for Colorado. I that that bottom half, I'm not, 
I agree with that one. He, I, I could see him having to make some changes in the pitching staff there. You're talking about Brandon Workman. You know, as a Boston fan myself, I actually looked at him as a sleeper because we could end up going on a fire sale, and he could end up as a great reliever on some good team. Hey, and you're a Boston, you're a Boston fan, so whenever you look at Workman, you you look at him as being Boston's trade bait. Oh yeah, absolutely. What about you, Tim? What do you think of uh, the Puffs team? So here's kind of how I went with everybody's teams. I have batter and a pitcher who I'd want to have, and I have a batter and a pitcher who I wouldn't want to have. Okay. Um, and the first bat, the batter was Mookie Betts. Tyler and I were talking about this before the show. He's in a contract year, and you know more times than not, a guy who's on a contract year is going to have a good year because mm-hmm. he's trying to make that money come off season. So. I think Betts is a, in playing in L in, in LA. I think he he's going to have a good year. So I would I'd want Betts and then Mike Soroka. As far as his pitchers, I, as, of all his pitchers, I'd want Soroka. Morton, I think he's still he's going up there in age. I think he's going to start to dwindle a little bit. But Soroka, he had a great season last year. I think he's going to improve this year. As far as guys that don't want on his team, as far as a batter, I. I can't. I hate Caesar Hernandez. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, I know he's he's a consistent batter as far as his uh his average, but everything else he does, like he he's he's he doesn't do anything else pretty much. So yeah, he can have Hernandez. Now and what then, I think uh, I think they're going to do in Cleveland this year when I look at their lineups, and we're going to do this in the next couple of shows. We're going to break down the teams in the AL East and the Central and all those things and just kind of look at their lineups and, and judge what, what their lineups are. And looking at the Cleveland lineup, I think they're going to run a lot. I think they're going to be like a Kansas City. Uh, and, and, you know, Kansas City's right there in the same division. And when maybe other teams are trying to hit bombs, I think I think Cleveland's going to try to zig while other teams are zagging. And And so I could expect a lot of steals out of Cleveland. And Cesar Hernandez falls right into that that place. I think he's going to be a great two-hitter maybe for them or something like that. Great contact, get on base all the time, and they're just going to run, run, run. We'll see. We'll see. I actually uh, thought that same thing when I picked a Cleveland batter later when I have to defend my team. I'll mention that too. Right. <laughs> and then as far as his pitching, I and I'm, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but David Price. I do not want David Price. When the Dodgers traded for him, I was happy to get bets, but I didn't really care for the the price trade. I think oh, price oh, oh, is. Oh, I'm feeling dizzy. Um, I, does anybody know the number to nine one one? Because you just said you don't you don't like a Dodger a, a Dodger player. I, I, don't. I don't. What well, he's not he's not a true Dodger yet. He hasn't he hasn't played a game in the uniform yet. So, but I just don't see you know he's he's getting old. He wasn't great last year. I just I don't see I don't see him lasting all season. I think he'll he's going to have an injury or something in there. So yeah, I just I just don't like David Price. So you can have him too. I can understand. I, when I when I have Price or Betts on my team, I just get so frustrated because they're both of them are constantly day to day after every time they oh, play. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, it just drives me crazy. Well, that's good. I give pups. I, I love his. I love his um, bats. I don't like his pitching staff. A couple of good solid starters to to go with. You know what I've noticed too, breaking down all of our uh, all of our teams in in the show league. 
streaming pitchers is going to be difficult this year. It seems like there, there what? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. It just doesn't seem like a lot of pitchers are out there that you're actually going to want to stream. I, I could just looking at how many pitchers people have. That a lot of people just don't have a lot of pitchers. I uh, think it, it looks like that at the beginning of every season, and then maybe. once we get into the season a couple weeks in, and then you start to there, there's some guys that you know you weren't big names coming into the season, but they they start off the season hot or something. And, you start dropping some guys to pick them up. So, so Hader and Workman kind of bol- Hader definitely bolsters that bullpen. He's been the best reliever on the board every year for the last couple of years. Whenever the season's over, so you got to give him a little uptake there. I'm I'm definitely giving him a B. I think the bottom half of that starting pitching staff is is pretty scary looking, but he'll probably be able to stream his way out of that. I was gonna say the one person on his team that I'd actually make him keep. I think it's gonna be Pete Alonso who, after hitting 50-something home runs last year, he had to be taken at pick 26. That's a very high pick to return what I would consider highly unlikely to repeat that kind of value. So I would imagine that he's going to return less than that, and it could end up hurting him. Yeah, with Pete Alonso, I think he only has like a 69% contact rate or something like that, a huge 30% fly ball. Home run to fly ball rate. So oh, it was the fences are nothing for him. Yeah, well, that's true. All right, let's look at some football headlines. Guys, I, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. We talk about baseball when there's no baseball going on. So let's talk about football when th- there's not really any football going on either. But let's look at some headlines. Dalvin Cook said that he believes that he is the best running back in football. Yeah, I, I want to see if you guys agree with this or not or, or disagree because uh, Christian – McCaffrey just became the highest paid running back of all time, coming off a 1,000-1,000 season rushing and receiving. Do you agree with what Dalvin Cook says? And who do you think would make the biggest fantasy impact next year, Dalvin Cook or CMC? I think it's going to have to be CMC again. Dalvin Cook, he's, he's a, he is a great runner. I've uh, had him on a fantasy team a couple of times now. and When he plays, it's fantastic. Um, I don't remember the last time. I really got to see him play every game, but <laughs> the versatility that CMC brings is just too too much for the value that you get out of him. I mean, he's when you're talking about the thousand thousand season, and I think total scrimmage yards, he's top five in the first three years of his career and the entire in the history of the NFL. That's it's pretty incredible. And if Dalvin Cook's not doing that, then I don't I don't know what the argument is because CMC is doing that. So it's not hypothetical as you're seeing the stats. McCaffrey. The thing you have to watch out for with McCaffrey is he did just get paid a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. He did. And a lot of times when guys get paid a lot of money, they they don't live up to it. <laughs> it's rare that a guy true. lives up to the amount of money that they make. Now, I I agree. He is a phenomenal running back. He's he probably, you know, on paper he is the best running back in the league with everything that he can do. But the thing is, the Panthers have nobody on that team. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have receivers. They have nobody on that team offensively that can take, you know, that can help him out, basically. If you just put eight guys in the box, it's going to be hard for him to run around in there. So that's what I think is hard for him. Dalvin Cook, he's versatile, too. I mean, he can do, you know, he can catch out of the backfield, run up the middle. He's a every down back to me. He does. He is injury prone. He he did play a lot more this year, and when and he you know he definitely had his best season last year 
So I think if he can stay healthy, he definitely can be in the run for the best running back in the league, especially with all the weapons that uh, Minnesota has offensively. They can spread the ball around and make openings for him and stuff. Now I did, I did. That's that's really the question that's been going through my head. Who would I pick first if I had the number one pick in the draft? And and I think CMC has got to be one of the first players off the board, if not the first player off the board. But Dalvin Cook has probably worked his way into the top five at this point. Oh, for sure. And 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 I'm thinking, who would I rather have? Because when I do think of not only Carolina's weaknesses on offense, but Heakley retired, right? So maybe that defense is going to take a hit too. Ron Rivera has switched teams. They don't have a quarterback anymore. They've gotten rid of the quarterback. I know they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, and he was 5-0 and last year. But I think in every victory Teddy Bridgewater had last season, his team got outgained. Teddy Bridgewater came in and did the job on a New Orleans Saints team that was primed and ready to win an NFL championship, you know, outside of the quarterback. Who, who cares who the quarterback is because they got so many other pieces. So – Teddy Bridgewater does not impress me all that much. When I saw him play last year, I wasn't like, well, that's an impressive quarterback. I said he's doing his job. He's a great backup, but he's not. He, I don't think he's a starter in the league. I know Stephon Diggs got traded. I know he's no longer in Minnesota, but I, may, I think that that may be a really good thing to open things up even more for Dalvin Cook to catch more passes out of the backfield instead of just that great screen game that they had. They love to throw screen passes in Minnesota. Yeah. So, I, look, I'm... I'm wrestling right now. I'm wrestling right now of, of Dalvin Cook or CMC, and I like the moxie of Dalvin Cook. I like him saying, I'm the best running back in football. To me, that says he has something to prove. He is, he's always been a hard worker, a hard runner. I look for Dalvin Cook to maybe he, take over that number one spot next and season. He makes a point for himself, too, because I mean, he is a stocky and he's a strong running back. And, the, you know, he talks about how he, he goes out there and he he blocks, you know, he pass blocks, too, and, and does all that kind of stuff. So mm. as far as like a, an every down back, he, he can kind of do it all. And and last last thing on this, when when I've seen running backs have great seasons before, run rush, set rushing yards, go over 2000 yards rushing, that kind of stuff. The next year, it's like they're running on a flat tire. You know, they're just tired. And and maybe with the longer break, I, I don't I don't know. Dalvin Cook is really really messing with my mind right now. If I had the number one pick of who I would pick in the, for the fantasy draft, I don't know what's going on in L.A. Guys, as Tim would say no. about my team, <laughs> Tim, Tim would say I have an unorthodox way of trying to win a championship. And it seems to me that the Rams have got an unorthodox way of trying to win a championship this year by trading off Todd Gurley, by trading away Brandon Cooks. It, it just It's just a really strange thing that's going on they're, in L.A. They're not trying to win. They're, the, the trades that they made are not trades that, <laughs> that, that's, that make the statement of these are moves we're trying to do to win a championship next season. Maybe they're maybe they're thinking that they're just not going to play next year, so they don't even need to try. Maybe they're maybe they're shooting for a high draft pick in twenty twenty one. I don't I don't know what they're doing, but Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley have both been traded away. May I ask you, who do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact on their new respective teams next year? I'd go with Todd Gurley. I think you're talking about Todd Gurley traded away. He wasn't traded away. He was just cut. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Cut. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he you're was, right. I mean, he's. I, I would assume someone who was considered the top back a year ago. And so this last year, you know, he was considered one of the first few uh, running backs until they worried about his, his knee. 
hopefully he's got something to prove down in Atlanta, and he's from that area, so I would assume that he would go down there and want to dominate. So we'll see. I just yeah. think with Cooks, uh, Cooks is gonna be—he's gonna have to be the guy now. He's never been on a team where he was the guy for you know receiving, and so like you know when he was in New Orleans, you had Michael Thomas, and then when he was in L.A., he had Robert Woods, Cup, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Love Cooper Cooper Cup, but like. You know, they didn't have really, the, the Rams didn't really have a number one receiver. I, I guess I would say Cooper Cup was their number one receiver. You know, he's never been the guy in Houston. He's going to have to be the guy now. Brandon Cooks keeps getting pushed around from place to place to place. I just don't understand it, really. He He's a pretty good ball player. It he looks is. Like he is. I just don't think he's a number one receiver, like a number one receiver on a team. He's good when he has other pieces around him that he can get open because he's so fast. I don't, I don't like the turf. In Atlanta, it is it is it is giving Julio turf toe every single year. It's hurt Julio's knee. It's it's just the the running back situation there. They go through him like crazy, and I don't see any difference for Todd Gurley. I think Brandon Cooks is going to end up being the guy. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. They're all just going to run straight to the end zone and hope that Deshaun Watson can throw it to him <laughs> because there's not a lot of great route runners. It almost seems like a Kenny Stills is really going to be able to profit from uh, having all these other receivers in Houston this next season. Mm-hmm. I had DeAndre Hopkins last year on my fantasy team, and having the number one receiver for the Houston Texans didn't really seem to do a whole lot for me. Most of the time, it felt like he was almost like a decoy, because I couldn't believe how many times I watched their secondary receivers go off in games, because I guess everyone was double-teaming Hopkins. So we'll see if the number one receiver actually pays any dividends for Brandon Cook's if Deshaun Watson's actually going to throw it to him consistently. But. Hey, let's talk quarterbacks for a second. Cam Newton's making the headlines. You know, he doesn't have a team right now. Do you, do you guys think Cam Newton is done? Do you, yes. I mean, do you think he's going to settle in somewhere or, or what? I don't think he's done. I think he'll he'll be a backup somewhere. He doesn't want to be, but when he doesn't get signed by anybody and the season's coming up. We're talking about and, Cam Newton. You think yeah. Cam Newton isn't going to be signed by – I mean, now listen – you think when he's not signed by somebody, Cam Newton's ego is going to allow him to take a backup role? It's going to have to. If he wants to make any kind of money. Does he? If he wants to be on any kind of team. Does he? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Think about in Carolina. Wants, but... Think about in Carolina what happened there in Carolina. It almost, I'm not going to say faked injury because I, I hate to say something. I'm not in that person's shoes. I don't know. He didn't play last year. Maybe maybe it's you know the Alabama fan in me or something like that, and I've seen Cam Newton. But man, I loved Cam Newton when he was at Auburn. He was he was fun to watch. He was a young guy. He was all that stuff. And and in Carolina, unprecedented things that he did at quarter, unprecedented numbers that he put up in Carolina while he was the starting quarterback. I don't know if it was a relationship with him, Ron Revere, or what it was, but things just went south very quickly, and it may have been injuries. And I'm just not sure that he's that he's ever really recovered from that. It also so I, may have felt like with a, a new coach coming in, especially a coach coming from college, maybe he didn't want this established personality having to try to teach him something new. Maybe he wanted to be able to come in and find a guy that he felt comfortable with and someone who would be more willing, I guess, to form to his style. Maybe it was why they kind of edged him out. But I think Cam will end up somewhere. Obviously, someone's going to have to take him. And I think... Yeah, like you were saying, he's going to have to be willing to take the backup role. 
But I would love to see him go somewhere like Jacksonville, where it's just kind of low profile. They're not expecting to win a Super Bowl. They're not. They're not going to be, you know, expecting an MVP type of season. But just somewhere he can get out. He can have someone like Leonard Fournette in the backfield to help him out. You know, I know he had McCaffrey out there, but don't send him somewhere to where he's just going to get destroyed. I think he would benefit in a system like Seattle's or something. That would be um, good because him and him and Russell Wilson have similar. You guys are crazy. You know, game styles. So, do you do you ever see what Cam Newton wears to a press conference? <laughs> do you think that guy is going to actually take a backup role with anybody? He is a me 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 guy. It, it, maybe the Chargers, maybe Jacksonville. No, There's no, no Chargers. There's no, no shot that he is going to be a backup in this league. I just can't see it happening. Speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of Alabama quarterbacks, from uh, Tua, it's reported that Tua is failing physicals. Uh, so we got a lot of quarterbacks going in this first round of the draft, and, and you guys know I am not a college football guy. I don't like watching a lot of college football. It's just not something that, that is on my radar. I've got to make concessions at some point in my house to be able to do other things that I like to do, and college football is one of those things that gets pushed to the back burner. Who do you guys think, out of all these quarterbacks that are going to be drafted, overall, when it's said and done, who's going to make the biggest fantasy impact in the in the in the NFL over his career? You think it's Tua? You think it's uh, Joe Burrow? Do you think it's A. Bear? Who who you think it's going to be? I think if Tua stays healthy, it could be him. Um, I know there's definitely a campaign going on right now by Saban and the Bama team to push to his uh, narrative as high as possible. I watched a clip today for Saban uh, advocating uh, for Tua. I think it's the analysis show that Saban does for ESPN Plus, just comparing his his vision and ability to read plays with other quarterbacks. So I definitely think there's a campaign going on to try to elevate his draft stock. Um, with everything that Tua has gone through, um, the challenges he faced with his health, I, I think he's a better player with more room to grow than the other quarterbacks you got listed here, Burrow, Tag- uh, Tua, Herbert, and Love. Um, but it is a big question, right? He, he, they're trying to get him in a position where he can get the money so that if he does get hurt again, he, at least he's set up for the rest of his life because he did not take that injury insurance last year, and he wound up getting a major injury. So, yeah, that's my answer. And I'm ashamed of you, Wes, that you say college football is not important, questioning whether you even live in Alabama anymore. <laughs> I, I do, I do, but I mean, when they when they pay the sisters of the poor, it just doesn't appeal to me all that much. Go ahead. I think I, I think Burrow is a uh, is gonna. I I think he's gonna be a, a bust. Oh, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's gonna be a bust. I told you two years ago because I I watched five minutes of college football, then I'm then I'm like a port of it, and I just want to get rid of it. So, but I saw Joe Burrow, and I said, "Oh, that guy's a pretty good quarterback." I even texted all you guys on our little college football thing. I text Joe Burrow's a pretty good quarterback. I said the quarterback for LSU because I didn't know his name. And then that was two years ago. Then last year he has the Heisman Trophy. Did he win the Heisman Trophy last year? I'm sure he did. He didn't did. He? he did. Okay. He did. So so he won the Heisman. I picked that out of five minutes of game tape, and the guy was fantastic. And I'm just telling you, he has all the tools for a pro. I see what Tua does, and I don't know that I've actually seen Tua progress as a quarterback over all these years. I don't know that I've seen him progress as a quarterback at Alabama. He looks like the same quarterback that came in on the championship game and threw that fantastic pass 
to, to win the game in the end zone that I've never seen be able to be thrown before. I could not believe that I saw that pass be thrown against Georgia in the championship game, what, three years ago now or something like that. But Tua is just that same player as he was then. I don't, he's a one read option guy. He's, oh, he's I a totally, sy- di- totally he's disagree a system, with that. He's a no system way. guy. I think he leads his. I think he leads his running uh, wide receivers or anybody. I think he leads them great. I, he's got great anticipation. I just have to see what he has, what he can do when he's not surrounded by as much talent as he was surrounded by in Alabama. He's going to be surrounded by NFL talent, Wes. Okay, I mean, we're yeah. talking about. The he's going to be surrounded crowd. by even better talent. Okay, yeah. Put him <laughs> on the. Put him on the. Surrounded by the Miami Dolphins. So yes, I put him on the Miami Dolphins. Talent. No, and that that's going to be the worse. Dolphins that's a have, the Dolphins have. The Dolphins have pro receivers, not college receivers. No, they do, but they have what they it have seems one. like they college, have maybe Parker. high school offensive linemen is what I'm concerned about. Okay, uh, so it, well, if he he's not make... going to the Dolphins. I can already tell you that. You don't he's think so? Going. No, he's not. Where you think he's going? I think he's going to the Chargers. You think he's falling a pick? You think the Chargers are going to grab? Uh... No, I think the Chargers are going to trade up for him. Uh, okay, because they need a quarterback. Now, honestly, you know I'm. I'm Auburn fan. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. But I love Tua. I think he has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this this draft. And all the teams who were tanking, trying to get to that number one spot to get him, now all of a sudden have a chance to get him at five or maybe even six, as you were just saying. I think you have to take that and run with it because there's a chance he ends up like Drew Brees or something like that. Joe Burrow, I think, has a fantastic floor. And that's why he's going to go number one, because he's not going to do bad. He's going to do well. But I don't think he's got a ceiling that's high enough to carry a terrible team. Like Patrick Mahomes, the team he carried, their defense was so bad, but he was that good. And I don't think Burrow has that ceiling, but I think Tua might. Right. So if, if the key for Tua is, you know, he goes first round, he's got to stay pretty healthy that first year. If he gets another devastating injury, that wipes away his ceiling. Um, but yeah, I agree with you guys and not West that two is going to go. He's going to do great. <laughs> I didn't say so he's going to do bad. I, I would, that's surprising. I didn't say he's going <laughs> to do terrible, but I just, I, I, I've got to see more out of him for the professional you level. You saw more out. You saw more I didn't. from, no, from, I didn't. from, from Tua than you did Burrow. You saw one year no, of Burrow. No, I didn't. I, I no, no, no. I, I saw the. I saw what. I saw when I'm looking at it. I'm looking at what no. he's going to bring to the next level, to the no. to the professional level, not the college level. You guys are looking at the college level. Tua did a great job of leading his receivers. He did a great job of making the plays that he was supposed to make. Joe Burrow was able to. He was able to improvise. He was able to read the guy open. He he was able to do things differently. Did, he just had did, more was of a. There... Per- they, who he was a product of LS, of an amazing LSU offensive scheme. That's all it was. It was not. Yes. I mean, he he, he yeah. did his quarterback, job. He quarterback did, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smart guy. He I'm not saying Burrow is terrible. I'm just saying when he when he transfers to the NFL, it's going to be a lot different than what he had at LSU. He's so it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse for Joe Burrow, but better for Tua. That, 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 yeah. that, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're saying, Wes. Just okay. agree. Okay. Hey, we'll 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 have to see about this now, won't we? And and let's put all put a caveat on this. I think we could all agree. It really depends on where the where they go. Um, Absolutely. I, I mean, it that that has a lot to do with it. If if Tua ends up going to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow ends up going to the Patriots or something, all all bets are off. 
You know, what I mean? it's, it's just not. It's well, just not I can great. guarantee Burrow's not going to the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, that's the curse of being one of the best t- quarterbacks in the draft. You're going to go to probably the worst. You're going to go to the worst team. So you got to. There's going to be a He's lot already more said he doesn't guys, want to play for Cincinnati. So, so you guys are doubting me and Bill Belichick. Okay, hey, that's hey, <laughs> all. You guys just do what you got to do. All right. Hey, great, great conversation there. Great show. Thank you so much for listening to us on Fantasy Impact Today. Once again, you can reach us at fantasyimpacttoday at yahoo.com or FI Today. You can tell me how wrong I am. You can follow us there on Twitter at FI Today. All those things will be in the show notes. Also, join us next time. We're going to go over a couple more of our show leagues teams to give them a draft grade. And once again, we always want to remind you to go out and make an impact in the world today. Mm-hmm.